Welcome to the Veteran Founder Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. Starting a company allows you to be back in control. The weekly show that brings together military spouse and veteran founders who are doing remarkable things in the business world. I can't imagine there's anything out there stronger than the bond that military and veteran entrepreneurs have. We'll hear their story, the story of their business, and lessons learned. Joy can override the worries and depression. Here are your hosts, Carmen Nazario and Josh Carter. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Friday. It is 1 p.m. on the West Coast. I can only mean one time. One thing, it is time for the Veteran Founder Podcast. As you can tell, I'm ready to go. I'm so very excited we made it to another week. Uh, I hope you are, too. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe with your family and your friends. Uh, this week, uh, Carmen won't be joining us, but next week I'm sure she'll be back. I'm very excited though. If you're new to the show, welcome. As always, we bring in every week, we bring in these amazing founders that are from the military community. And this week we have a returning guest, Scott Painter from Bird's Eye Aerial Drones. Scott, welcome back to the program. Hi, Josh. It's great to be back to the program. Excellent to hear your voice again. <laughs> Thanks. Same, same to you. Hopefully you and yours are staying safe during this, uh, sort of unprecedented times that we're going through we are we are definitely taking the precautions and um doing everything necessary to keep uh, the family friends safe and all the employees uh yes absolutely that's awesome scott uh let's go back a little bit and talk about your military background and and what led you into bird's eye aerial drones for those that are new to the program and haven't heard you before okay excellent yeah i uh uh, 24 years in the military, aviation, the love of technical uh, aviation and the background of, of flying in-flight engineer, um, uh, uh, the 24 years, I took that, all the skill sets and everything that I learned. And uh, after I uh, retired from the Navy, I went to Afghanistan for a few years and I was out there working with unmanned systems. And uh, right around the 2013, 2014, because uh, I was out, we were out there flying single rotor, but now we've got this new contraption with a quadcopter that has four motors on it. So, you know, why fly something with one motor when technicians like to fly things with four motors on it? But now that's how the drones started coming into play back in 2014. And I, I came home right away, leaving Afghanistan, and uh, started bird's eye aerial drones, knowing that you know these drones are the future and even back in 2013 we were thinking about how we can get the drones to fly out over the ocean and drop a life buoy and save lives so you know that was that was in it, that's how bird's eye aerial drones pretty much came came about at that time 2014 and we've been rocking and rolling ever since we are a people- service disabled veteran-owned small business and it's we're, right. it, we're aerial data collection using unmanned systems that's amazing. So if, if, uh, if people wanted to know a little bit, explain your company in, in one or two sentences if, if uh, somebody had to understand what your niche would be. Okay, so we're unmanned aerial data systems, aerial data collection, and our main vertical at this point is uh, utilities, um, of flying uh, inspection on the uh, distribution and transmission lines, helping out the utility companies in this high-risk fire areas so we don't have another uh, disaster like we had with Camp Paradise, uh, PG&E, you know, it's accidentally starting that fire. So we're out uh, really helping, you know, uh, 
uh, just make it happen. Yeah. Why, why utilities? Why did you pick this niche? Well, we bird's eye aerial drones has uh, uh, very many verticals. We are uh, we started out from the very get go in the movie industry back in 2014 with Aerial Mob, and 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 we we started with real estate, and then we started um, doing weddings. So we still do all of that, but um, the utility companies really benefit. It, it's uh, it's a win win situation to where the helicopters are impeding in people's backyards. And we need, we need to make sure that these utility lines um, are safe. It's, I, what I think is impressive is that when I talk to a lot of founders, and I, I just I did this this morning, is that when they're starting to think about growing their business, they're really not sh- – they, you know, I'll give you an example. I had one this morning that said, well, this would be good for this segment. But it would also be good for – these other 50 other industry segments. And so a lot of founders, they spend time trying to what we call boil the ocean, right? They, just, they know it's a viable entity for a lot of folks, but they just don't know how to narrow their focus. And, and that doesn't seem to be what you guys had a problem with at the early set. How did you find your first customer? Well, you know, that really comes to mind right away. Um, you know what? This the Right here where I live in California, there's a high school that um, they remodeled and redid their whole football turf area. And really from the ground, you had no idea what it looked like. And it was kind of horrible looking until you got a bird's eye view of the beautiful work that they did putting in and laying the foundation. And that was pretty much first customer. I, I got my drone and said, Hey, I can give you a bird's eye view. And, and that's exactly what we did. We made a video out of it for the high school. That's amazing. What have been some of the challenges uh, from growing this business from no, no customers to however many customers you have now, what have, what have been some of the challenges that you've had while you've tried to scale this thing up? Uh, one of the biggest challenges is, unfortunately, we are flying China-made products. And uh, um, there was a big scare at one time to where the military was flying all these specific uh, drones and they shut it all down because uh, because of the vulnerabilities and technical issues and uh, some of the, uh, the private data getting back to where it shouldn't be. Um, and, and find an American-made drone company locally that... Everything is made in America, and that's what we really would prefer to fly. But we really haven't been able to find one of those at this point. So that has been a little bit of a downfall. That's interesting. Um, has it caused you to not find customers, though? I mean, do you feel like that's a hindrance to, to growing your business? No, I, I don't, because luckily yeah. uh, the, the current clients have uh, signed off with a waiver of flying the uh, uh, China-made drones. But if, you know, they can always come back at any given time, and sure. that could possibly shut us down. You know, it's just that particular client just shut it down completely. That's interesting. Uh, so let's talk about people. You know, the, the, thankfully, you, you have an uh, operation that you could go out and go do this. How have you scaled this out to add more people to your business? And what have been some of the challenges you've been faced with uh, from that perspective? Uh, Adding people. Okay, so, you know, with my military background, I come from the Navy. I spent 24 years in the Navy. I made eight cruises. They're called six-month 
deployments to our Westpac Mediterranean cruises on an aircraft carrier. So my whole my whole concept, even from the logo of my business, kind of replicates my first insignia when I was in the Navy as an E1. You know, a little it had uh, wings for aviation in the Navy, and so what we're doing now, we're we're I, I'm creating squadrons where we have uh, five unmanned systems, and every team that goes out and flies a, a drone or an unmanned system, it's a team of two. So we have, and then an air boss overlooking that squadron. That's about eleven people, um, and that's that's where we're that's where we're at right now. We were at the peak back in October before the rainy season. We tried to get everything done. Um, before it started really raining and, and we had uh, seven squadrons. So right now we have four that are out and about, um, not because of the COVID by any means. It's, uh, it's the rainy season and we're getting ready to ramp back up. Um, our focus here in San Diego is what? It's a huge Navy background, huge aviation. And, and my wife and I, you know, I've been married for 31 years, and she's really the background of or backbone of this everything because she's a Navy spouse, and and um, so so kind of lost my train of thought, Josh. I can't hear you. That's okay. We were talking about like the challenges of having people, and, and it, uh, what I love about this is the way you've set this up. This infrastructure is really something that you already know. You know, like this setting up squadrons and setting up, making sure that it's really set up so that people understand what their, what their function is. Um, but when you, when you talked about your busy season versus your rainy season, what, what uh, are, are all these folks uh, 1099 contractors or are these employees that you sort of furlough on, on the off season and bring back when, when it's season again? That is a great question. And, you know, kind of building this business from the very beginning was 1099 contracts. And then we call, we called everyone affiliates because we really didn't want to, um, treat them as contractors and they all have their own businesses because you know they're all out flying their own drones creating their own you know business at the same time so so they they are 10 to 9 contractors however we are in the process with the ab5 coming out um, we are up to about nine employees now but we're converting everyone who wants to become over an employee uh, uh, as quickly as possible um, i don't know if that answered your question or not Oh, no, it absolutely did. I think, uh, and some of those challenges that are inherent as part of that come with, you know, sort of like having folks that are uh, contractors versus employees. We can go deep dive into that if that's what you want to do. But I think the purpose of this is really, uh, we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to our show and and they're really curious about how folks ramp up and, and uh, you know, sort of acclimate to the different situations that they have to, you know, be a part of or that they run into and how they've overcome them. So I think if you look back at these early stages of your business and think about like one challenge that you weren't expecting and how you overcame that challenge, what do you think that would be? Uh, probably almost the pay structure, you know, um, uh, the, the, you know, right back from the very get go, I'm going to go out and say it right. Because if you look up on indeed or wherever else, you know, way back in 2014, uh, 15, you know, it was a commercial pilot, commercial pilots. That's what we really were after for a pay salary scale. 
because our pilots really do have to go out. They have to get licensed. They have to get certificate, cert, certified, and it, they have a lot to lose as unmanned pilots. So um, early on, I paid pilots very well, and I still do because they're still with me. You know, 80 bucks an hour flying, 70 bucks an hour flying, and their teammate, which is a visual observer, which is their their job is if not harder than the pilots and they're you know getting paid you know about 60 bucks an hour and so you know early on uh, now we're now i'm creating employees and i can't i can't pay them 70 dollars an hour unfortunately so that was uh something that i look back on that i really would had taken into consideration the scaling at this time yeah, I mean, I think that's a, it's a common challenge, right? I think, um, especially when you're in your early days as you're trying to scale your, your company up, there's always that, um, you know, you, you're trying to find people that will invest time and energy into believing in your, in your dream. Um, when you're talking about, uh, going out and acquiring customers, what was something that you learned that you weren't expecting when you're, going out to find your first customer. I mean, you've got some really impressive logos on your website here. I mean, at the PGA, you've got uh, some engineering companies on here. Talk a little bit about like, what was the process? FedEx is on here. Like what was the process to, to, to identify projects and go out and close that business? Oh, goodness. I think early on, um, uh, we were really into video marketing. So it was creating videos for client, even though, you know, we have graphics design background, Sherry does, and, 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 I, and photography and videography, and we have that background and we wanted to take it up a notch. That was early on. So we said, Hey, we can give you bird's eye, you know, all these different aerial views and add that into your video to just make it pop and if it's walking inside of a you know the the, the golf course the reservation or whatever that and that's the first thing you see is these beautiful aerial shots of glamour shots i mean people got really excited about that and that was that was one area we um you know another uh, a cool thing that we do is a, like a living logo we have uh, corporate events at um, big resorts that have you know two three hundred employees and they come out uh, and, and we create their logo on the ground and they you know, wear different T-shirts for the colors of the representation of the logo. And we do all kinds of video things, you know, using the drones. And then we have our ground crew. So it was video marketing at early on at that point. And then we and I think we want to kind of move on to our verticals now. I do believe, Josh. Yeah. Well, it's well, what I'm curious about is like. A lot of companies, um, when they're first starting out, they, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, they fail to identify their customer persona. Like, who's the best person to buy this product and or service, right? And where a lot of entrepreneurs fall down is they don't understand how important content marketing or just getting, you know, some sort of use case or something out there that shows your capabilities. And so... I'd love to hear a bit more about in those early days, how you were able to get the message out, what tools you used, was social media really important, was LinkedIn really critical? Like what were some of the tools that allowed you to, to amplify what it was that you were doing and how to reach new customers? 
That's a lot. And I sure hope I can answer that in a few words. Oh, um, no. Feel free to elaborate. We got plenty of time. <laughs> you know, uh, early, well, you know, with, uh, I, I, I'm also a professor at a local college teaching unmanned systems down at Southwestern College. Um, early on, Sherry and I, uh, we, we would do many talks and I'm sorry, I'm, um, let me back up even further before that. Um, we are a hand in hand team. We'll go out as Rotarians or, or go to rotary groups and all these different networking groups. And we would have a great presentation on, on man aerial systems, what they are, what their capabilities are and things of that nature. And then we became, um, members of the Economic Development Council here locally in San Diego and Chambers and started getting the word out. And, uh, and, and, and once people, once we showed them and helped them to understand their cost savings of using drones, their jaws dropped. You know, there, a use case scenario of, you know, I've been talking about the utilities a little bit, but the engineering side of the house is in just incredible. It's not taking anybody's job away. It's a, a, it's a tool that's put in their belt that they can use to just uh, 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 an example of um, surveying a hundred acre lot. Now you get the guys out there to do the survey to make the maps and they're holding up the GPS and they're walking around in treacherous ground and all this. And that could take them, you know, a couple of days, or we can get the drone out there and do it in, you know, at 20 minutes. I mean, that's, that's a 99% cost of savings. So, amazing. so, so we see, we saw who could benefit the most and then that's kind of what we're going after. Yeah, your website's done really well, by the way. I think, you know, a lot of a lot of folks, if they uh, if they haven't gone to birdseyeaerialdrones.com, uh, what a great site! I love how the logo pops uh, as you're going from page to page. It's really well done, man. So, congrats on there. Um, That's all sharing. Yeah, yeah. She's a graphic she's, designer. She's amazing. Uh, you, you're you're lucky to have that. Um, so, you know, you have a blog, and you talked a little about getting involved, and you talked about like getting involved in the economic development piece. How important was that for you as you thought about growing your business locally uh, to get involved in, in, you know, sort of your community down in San Diego? Yeah, we've, you know, Sherry and I have always, ever since I've gotten back from Afghanistan, we've been involved with the community in one way or another because we've, we've always wanted to give, we're always continually giving back to the community, um, especially with a veteran background and, and our love uh, here in San Diego. And, um, oh, you're going to have to ask that question again, Josh. I got sidetracked. <laughs> Squirrel? Squirrel. <laughs> no, it's, uh, you know, I, I, what I, what I love about your business so far, man, is that you seem to have a very clear understanding about who your customer is and how you're growing. I think, uh, you know, as you're, you're thinking about community, uh, what, what are some things that you are hoping will enable you to grow your business as you get more entrenched in community, like getting involved with an economic development group? Um, well, we, we, we give back our serve. I, I didn't quite catch that, catch that question, but we give back, uh, 
at least annually, if not more, uh, to certain uh, nonprofit organizations like the, the Enlisted Leadership Foundation, which is a military foundation here in San Diego. They run uh, uh, the USS Midway, which is a museum. And every every uh, August time frame, they have their new chief petty officer selectees on board the Midway. And we do all that filming for free. And, and we do quite a bit of in-kind services for the community. Um, but, yeah, we're always on the go in the community around here in San Diego. That's awesome. I, I love it. Uh, if you're just joining us, we've been talking to Scott Painter from Bird's Eye Aerial Drones down there in San Diego, beautiful San Diego, California. I'm very jealous. I'm in Portland right now. Uh, and we are going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be back just as soon as we can. Thanks. CPA dudes where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Today's episode of The Veteran Startups is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. For instance, media relations. Publicize handles all communications with the media and any content required to do this, press releases, editorial pitches, etc. And they offer a wide range of PR products and abilities out of which you can construct the PR package right for the future of your business. Check them out at publicize.co and tell them Carmen and Josh sent you. All right, and we are back. Welcome back to the Veteran Sounder podcast on the Startup Radio Network. We are talking to Scott Painter from Bird's Eye Aerial Drones this week, a returning guest. And Scott, I want to dive in a little bit about this current crisis. Obviously, it's unprecedented. We've never gone through something like this in, well, ever, right? Like in this generation, certainly. And it's having a profound impact on all different verticals. How much of, of, of this current crisis is having a, an impact on your business okay so the COVID impact on bird's eye aerial drones it's very minimal uh, we are very very fortunate and very thankful to be in the position that we're in uh bird's eye aerial drones is a tier one safety for the utility industry so the utility uh we are out there in about um, when I say minimal effects, you know, we had an office, but, you know, we quickly overcame the learning curve of all this video chat. So, uh, we're, I mean, that hasn't really impacted bird's eye aerial drones. A, a little impact would be the door knocking. When we're out flying the unmanned systems around people's homes, first, they're discerned or interested or excited or bringing out the shotguns and shooting at it and so we want to alert the community as much as possible so the door knocking has uh, uh, slowed us down a little bit because you know at, at that asset we can't capture the images needed at that asset so um, we, we were able to get everybody uh, all the needed protective personal equipment, masks, gloves, and eye, eyewear. So we're, we're prepared and we're rocking and rolling out there. Uh, that's awesome to hear. I'm glad that it hasn't really have a profound impact on you. But what about your customers? Have some of your customers come to you and said, hey, this is really an impact. We've got to sort of scale down or 
what is the mix between new customers and existing customers that that is helping to drive the growth of your business right now? Uh, the, well, the, the movie industry has slowed down quite a bit. The marketing industry has pretty much every, everything on besides uh, the vertical with the water and utility have have slowed down. Um, but, uh, but we're making up for it in numbers on, on the opposite side. That's intriguing. And how do you, how do you feel you're going to be able to weather the storm long-term? Do you feel like you guys have all the, all the runway in the world and you're going to be fine? Or are you guys thinking about other ways that you could draw revenue into your business during this crisis? Um, no, I have not thought about driving any other revenue i'm just really just really focused on what we have uh, uh, we've got a really two big clients that are wanting to scale rapidly so that's about all we can handle at the moment uh i hate to say that but i mean um i don't know if that answered that question or not josh no no it did and, that, and to sort of piggyback on that where do you see your your business in say five years where, where do you hope it, it is up i know it's hard to predict that it could change year to year. It could change month to month. It could change week to week. But if you had a, a magic wand, where where do you think uh, your company's going to be in, in five years? Well, absolutely. I mean, it was five years ago that I'm just now pretty much accomplishing what I set out at that time frame. Um, I, I, my goal ultimately is to have 10 clients that are uh, self-sufficient, self-running. The squadrons are out there uh, on their own. Um, Ten is, is where I'm looking at within the next five years. Actually, hopefully in the next year or so. <laughs> we'll see how yeah. that goes, though. Yeah, and how are you going to do that? Are you guys going to branch out of California? Do you hope that this is something that can be a nationwide model? Uh, correct. And we're really after the high fire risk areas. So we would be uh, for the utility and utilities, we would be branching out to the east a little bit, not too far north uh, where where it's kind of dry and uh, and yeah. in areas that uh, that that they could use the uh, unmanned systems. Yeah, it, it's intriguing. I, I grew up in the Bay Area. And we dealt with drought a lot in the Bay Area uh, growing up in the 80s, the 70s and 80s. And then, uh, you know, getting into that again, it's sort of cyclical. Moving into Oregon uh, about seven or eight years ago, I never thought that we would have to deal with that. But as you get south of sort of the metro area of Portland, it does get profoundly dry down there. And I was really shocked when I moved here to to learn how how dry and, and how bad it gets. Uh so even the evergreen states, the states that you would typically uh, align with, lots of rain, like we get nine nine months of rain out of the year, uh, you know, they, they can have some dry spots. It's really intriguing. Um, so as you're as you're thinking about the future, as you're growing, what are some blind spots you see as your business that you what what keeps you up at night? In other words, like what are some things that you worry about that can scuttle everything you're working on? Uh, I, I think the big one right now is 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 kind of finances. Um, with we're, we're bringing on employees at a rapid rate, and I need to have the um, I need to have that cash set aside to pay everyone on time. I, and I remember the story because it wasn't too long ago where I got my master's through Emory Riddle, and I always did my papers on FedEx and Fred Smith as the guy who started federal express back in the early seventies. And 
and his first few pilots, you know, he didn't have, he couldn't cover payroll. So he took what little money he had. He went to Vegas and just gambled it. And luckily he won and was able to come back and payroll. So um, that's, uh, that, that's a small thing that keeps me up at night. But, um, but I, what's really fortunate is I have a band of brothers that are, you know, all military background who sees the vision of bird's eye and who just would, they, they're laying down their lives and making this business go forward. So that's, that's what's super exciting about at this time. You were talking about, uh, this person that was taking money to Vegas. Oh, Fred Smith. So Fred Smith, the, uh, yeah, the owner of federal express, you know, he couldn't cover payroll or his employees and he went to Vegas and gambled it. And luckily he came back a winner and was able to make payroll. So that was kind of the only thing that kind of keeps me up at night is, um, with the onset and the fast rapid growing of, uh, the increase of squadrons for the clients, I need to have that money set aside and, and, uh, ready to go. Yeah. So were you able to uh, get the PPP or EIDL stuff? Uh, how did that impact you? We were. And what's really cool is one of the pilot's wives, you know, it's, uh, uh, went above and beyond and made masks for everyone here. Wow. That's amazing. I love it. Uh, so I want to go back. You, you're, you're thinking about building this business. You grow, grow the business. You're growing through a pandemic, which is great. If you had the ability to go back to your younger self and say, look out for this pitfall, look out for this blind spot, look out for this, you're going to run into this. What, what would you, what kind of advice would you give your younger self? Uh, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, it, it, it kind of goes in line with procrastination, but that's not what I'm looking for. It's almost like, uh, having to write your resume or having to do your taxes. Um, Things that are kind of overwhelming, but five years ago, when or uh, if I, five years ago when I'm starting my business, I'm overwhelmed. You know, I, I would have told myself, you know what, you know, it takes time. You know, it takes one step at a time to accomplish this certification. So, you know, go ahead and work in your business every day. Do something small. Do something that will grow at an exponential compounded interest at a later time, which is in five years. But you've got to stick to your dream. You've got to, you know, don't give up. And if you feel discouraged, you know, go around and, you know, do something different that day for your business and then come back to it. But, you know, that's what I would tell myself five years ago. That's awesome. I love it. What are some tools that you use to keep yourself organized now that you are growing rapidly and you, you got everything? What are some of the tools you, you use to kind of keep things not so overwhelming? You, you mean like software or computer yeah, tools? Yeah, software or whatever, like tips and tricks. You know, do you block out? Like for me, what I do every day is I block out times in my calendar I don't want to be booked for time, right? So from 8 to 10 o'clock, I book, I block off my calendar from 12 to one. I block off my calendar from three to five. I block off my calendar. So there's a small window where I can be booked by other people, but it also means that by blocking that time off, I could stay focused on my tasks. Is there anything that you do similar that enables you to stay organized and whether it's software you use or just 
tips and tricks for existing stuff that you use? Like, what are some of the things that keep you organized? Well, I'd love to skip that question because I only have one answer for that. That's called my life. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a great answer. I mean, I wish I had that too. I mean, it's, it's not a bad answer, right? Like it's, uh, it's great to have people that you can lean on to make sure you don't fail. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, she's got, she, she doesn't pay attention to my calendar as much as she used to like today. I mean, she's got two contractors over here in the maids and I'm trying to find a quiet room. So (laughs) it happens. It happens. Hey Scott, uh, I I love this conversation. Um, what other things do you want to cover here? What, what, what are, what's some advice that you have for, for our audience who are probably mostly entrepreneurs? Mostly entrepreneurs advice. Uh, Entrepreneurs have the background to, you know, to do just about anything because, you know, being your own boss, no one else is going to build your dream. You know, no one else is going to give you the funds needed. No one else is going to give you the skills and the tools, you know, uh, you know, right from the get go. And, and, um, Gosh, and that's what I was talking about five years ago. You've got to do it for yourself. I mean, it's it's your business. It's your entrepreneurship. You're the one. You're the one that has to make it happen. Um, so, therefore, keep plugging away at it. And you know what? You will be rewarded somehow, yeah. some way. I love that. Uh, um, how have, um, how have, have you ever uh, had mentors or how important has it been? to have mentors around to, uh, to contextualize things for you? You know, unfortunately, uh, uh, just over the last, uh, well, since building the business, I, I, I tried to make the time to get mentors, but it just never really clicked. And then, and then the, uh, the band of brothers who, who are, uh, the sea level, uh, running the business with me have become, you know, peers and friends. And so I really rely on them. And then it was yeah. all the other organizations, you know, being out and about with, you know, the city officials and chamber of commerce and, and being around everyone there. Yeah. I love it. Scott, it's been a, a great pleasure uh, talking to you today. I, I'm, I'm so excited that you're back on the show and that clearly things are going well. Where can people find you online? They can find us at birdseyearialdrones.com. That's B-I-R-D-S-E-Y-E-A-E-R-I-A-L-D-R-O-N-E-S, birdseyearialdrones.com. Hey, Josh, I have a quick question for you. Please. And I don't know if I asked you that this last night. I don't think I did. But, um, you know, every summer I would go up to my dad's house uh, and spend the summer with him when when I lived down here. Uh, he lived up in Portland, Bend, and Tillamook, and Lincoln, and then McMinnville. Now, I would fly uh, to McMinnville quite often. Have you been out there to see the spruce goose at all? I have. Oh, my God. Nice. It is beautiful. Yeah. It's wonderful. Good, good, good. Yeah, it's great. And it's interesting the that area, the 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 museum where the spruce goose is and they built a water park next to it was mm. just sold off to a Portland group called the Stoller family. And it's great because they were really struggling financially. Uh but now this new group who is very organ focused, I think is gonna do a really good job and it's gonna it means that this incredible landmark that we have in the middle of like you wouldn't think that that is there but it means that it'll be there for a long time and, I, and i'm really excited about it uh so that's great thanks for asking me about that scott it's it's been an absolute pleasure um 
I really wish you all the best. And, and uh, if there's anything I can be doing to be helpful, please reach out. But Scott, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Thank you, Josh. Um, please have me back. Take care. Yes, sir. Hey, you've been listening to the Veteran Founder Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific. Listen, learn, get shit done. We'll see you guys next week. Be safe. Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionists. At Ruby, they've mastered the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all of your calls live as if they're right there in your office. Together, you and Ruby transform your phone into the sales engine it was meant to be. Start setting your business apart today. Visit callruby.com forward slash startup radio to sign up or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code StartupRuby. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.